Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Noor. Broadcasting from the beautiful South Except no Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a beautiful sunny afternoon, edge of springtime but not quite there in South Bermondsey. Welcome to Zampa Road for the visit of uh, sixth place, Sheffield United, uh, top of the uh, the championship fourth table, but in sixth spot of the real football league table. I get up against the, the Lions, of course, the listeners, who sit third in the uh, fourth table, albeit 12th in the, uh, the championship table, but very much looking upwards after that fantastic midweek win up there at Pride Park. Your Lions this afternoon are an unchanged side, the listeners. A couple of uh, hints in the, in the, uh, the press, we still called the press in midweek about uh, Gary Wright having to make changes, but your Lions this afternoon are unchanged since Derby, Barton goal, back line of Wallace, Murray, Wallace, Cooper and Hutch on either side of them. Uh, Scott Malone, Danny Mack, midfield, Billy Mitchell, Jules Savile and the front three, a very exciting front three that's got the den buzzing of Mason Bennett, Tyler Bury and Jed Wallace with our pace and movement, everything that we like to see on the Millwall side. Sheffield United, as I say, are in form at the moment. I'm just uh, consulting the form table. Top of the last six games, four wins, two draws, no losses in the last six. By contrast, Millwall, four wins, one draw, just one loss. So I guess somebody's got to give this afternoon, do this, this. Decent looking crowd here in the in the den. Not, not a full house, but it's filling up rapidly as we approach kickoff. Sheffield United in their traditional red and white stripes and black shorts. Millwall, of course. What else? And dark blue and black. Sorry if I sound a little breathless, listeners. This, this, I've uh, parked up at my usual spot after a bit of a mare of a journey. Walk down. It's actually the first time I've been out of the house in a few weeks. Uh, beautiful blue skies above the uh, incinerator plant. Burmese looks like a jewel in the, in the sunshine this afternoon. Lions uh, will be attacking your way in the first half in accordance with the Venable Beads manuscripts. And it will be Sheffield to kick us off. Away we go. Oh, 
all the usual customs and practices are indulged. Early break, there's a shot from the edge of the penalty area. Looping shot's gone over the bar inside 16 seconds from the Sheffield United. I thought Millwall's opening up there at Derby midweek, you would have seen it by now, so no need for me to go too deeply into it, but that opening free kick from Jed Royce on the left, bouncing in front of the goalkeeper, set us up fine and dandy up there. Can't expect such hot starts in every game. That really did put us on the front foot for that, that first half where really the game was won. Uh, but one thing I did point out, I think, in the midweek show was how the defence largely cut out not bad, that Derby side, in fairness. They kept on the base, another break less than 29, about halfway inside the middle half. Apologies for my nasal quality to my voice. I can hear it as I'm talking, listeners, so uh, you'll have to forgive me. Or, or, or ch change your channel or something. A little sense of buzz after that win. And it's free on the spin. The question being today, can we make it four? I think we've got a tough opponent. There's no, no hiding from the fact that Sheffield United are a decent side. I know that um, Aaron, I think, in, in midweek said that they're for the taking. Um, I would be surprised if it's going to be that much of a pushover. Speaking to the uh, news at Den in the week, Gary Rowett said he might have to make changes. I think it's an unchanged side, as we said at the start of the show. It should be uh, heading back, and is, to, to Barkley Gosky. Um, the article says that we only have three forwards, Jed, Mason and Tyler, all of whom start this afternoon. Um, whether you class Conor Mahoney as a, as a forward, I suppose he's more a winger than, uh, than anything else. He is on the bench this afternoon. Not that he seems favoured overly by Rowett. Rowett speaking, it's Tyler's first league start in the, in the week up there at Derby, so... Um, about the, uh, the tiring effects of such a, a big game on him, but this is the big leagues, as they say in baseball. This is the business in which we're engaged in. I think that was from The Godfather, wasn't it? Mo, not, not Mo Green, Hyman Roth. This is the nature of the business. Beautiful, beautiful power run by Mason Bennett for that second goal. Wednesday night. I've been raving about it to anyone that will listen since Wednesday night's coverage, listeners. Which is largely my wife. I think she's probably enough. That's a great little take and touch there by Tyler Bury. Down by the corner flag. Should be a corner. No, he's saying goal kick. A boy with real flamboyant skill and the, uh, the confidence to, to use it, which is, is always the magic formula. I really like the look of Tyler Bury, listeners. That's a good old school chant, I haven't heard that for a long time. It takes me back to Cold Blood Lane in the 1970s. Incidentally, do have a listen to my fantastic conversation with John Rankin, a fan from that era, like myself. Couple of shows back now, but well worth a listen if you want a history lesson into the 1970s New Cross. Have a tune in. Big thank you to John for contacting me. Do, do get in touch with me if you want to have an afternoon conflag with Nick about the olden days. I'm always available. Get in touch with me on Akdung Millwall on Twitter at Akdung Millwall. Nice little one-two there by Tyler. He does well with Scott. A little back heel flamboyant stuff for a moment, but I think Sheffield will bring the ball 
away. They get a free kick to enable them to do that. It's much to the disagreement of the West Upper. Mason Bennett limping gingerly from the pitch after a couple of minutes with retention. Unfortunately, still 14 minutes in. That's not a good sign. Playing really well though, whether he's going to make a comeback because he doesn't look up to it as he's limping off. I expect a substitution from the Lions very early into the game and false change. No, he's, he's really, uh, he's really gingerly limping off. George Evans coming in. I don't understand the point. Man midfield, I guess. Don't get that booing, do you, listeners? I'm not the biggest fan of George Evans, but it's nearly 15 minutes into the game. I don't get that. So, at me, as the kids say. Story of the first quarter, I suppose you could say that Sheffield United are having a better of it so far. No real incidents worth the name. Yeah, certainly from a moral perspective. And uh, a few wayward shots from Sheffield so far. 25 minutes in. Sheffield coming down our right flank now. Pulled into the box. Since the um, Ukraine crisis unfolded, I find myself speaking in militaristic terms constantly. This is a cloud talk about flanks rather than wings on the wing, on the right wing. I now talk about the right flank. Eastern flank. I would never have made a good soldier, listeners. I would be arguing back all the time with stupid orders. Querying and quibbling them. They probably would have put me in the first wave to go over the top. And the hunger get shot. Tyler appealing for a full kick there, not given. On the left side. More on the left now, really. He's travelled well because he dares speak up, makes his, makes his case, but the referee don't like that. Rare speculation, the amount of interest that Tyler Bury will be generating from other clubs, financial interest, and uh, yes, he will. He's a flair player, I really like to see it. Little ball through that stand, that's put that behind for a, a goal kick. Offside as he was trying to overlap and ball through from midfield. Um, yeah, of course he will attract attention. Some of the touches and flicks and the, uh, the the vision that he's shown in the few appearances he made for Millwall will, of course, draw the attention of the uh, scouts of the uh, uh, social betters. The listeners. Nice to see Tyler's actually going over and having a word with referee, arguing his case. Confident boy. He's certainly um, bending the, the referee's ear, not in, a, in an imploring way rather than any kind of aggressive way. The referee certainly knows what uh, Tyler's viewpoint is now as he walks away. So it's a game where both sides are occasionally cancelling each other out. I'd say that um, Sheffield have probably had more of the possession going forwards, more of the balls into the box, but they've been dealt with in a straightforward way by the middle defence about the, uh, the best. Uh, Judgment I can give it at 30 33 minutes nearly. 
breaks. This is George Savile midfield. He's got Jed inside him. Danny Mack now on the right. Jed overlapping. What can he do? Balls into the middle. It's in front of everyone. The goal. The two clears it in the end. Just behind the oncoming uh, Tyler Bury. Mill's best move and best chance of the half. That's going to be a free kick. George Savile clips in midfield. Coming towards 39 minutes. First um, real incisive opportunity for the Lions there. There's been an on, well, a debate, an ongoing debate all season, listeners, isn't there? You've probably had it in your own world yourself about the rights and wrongs of Gary Rowett, but I saw something um, posted um, the other day, midweek, about Gary Rowett, how historically, you know, it's, we've, I think it was Tony Mundy um, saying we've never been a consistent mid-table championship side back-to-back -back in his time. Ball floated in there, that's Jake, uh, Jake Cooper, that's going to go for a well kick. Um, and Gary Rout's achievement, whether you like the football or not, which of course is the, um, the $64,000 question, but he has kept us as that kind of consistently uh, mid-table-ish championship side, which given the resources available to us, given the, this season, the, uh, the injury crisis that we've, we've, we've um, contended with one way or the other all season, is some achievement um, and it does create a real um, dilemma doesn't it because you know some of the football has been pretty tedious but some of the football has been very very good as well I mean, the game against QPR I'm thinking of and some of the performances that we've seen um, up at Derby in the first half especially I thought it was very very good so you can't um, it's not a simple uh, the, ball, the football's boring get Gary Rowett out because in, to many, in many ways in my opinion we are placed higher as a consequence of his pragmatic management than the quality and value of our squad should allow. I mean, I know there's plenty of other teams around us with higher value, higher spending, size, you know, players that have been signed on big fees and so on. And we don't have the, the, the means to do that. We've just got to be realistic. So to compete in a league like this is, is no mean feat. How do you see it, listeners? Is that a fair assessment? Is that um, the balance versus entertainment? Is, is, is um, the consequences of being too entertaining with a squad that can't consistently play at a very, very high level is that you're going to lose games and possibly um, find yourself in a relegation battle. And as I saw today, a post on Twitter, someone said, you know, give your head a shake if you think relegation's not an okay thing because of the quality of football and the loss of income in League One is, is quite decisive. So it's not an easy not an easy debate. Personally, personally, the last few games have really lifted my spirits for this season. Um, who knows whether we're going to make a run for the for the playoffs, who knows? Um, at the moment we're nil-nil coming towards the 42 minutes against one of the form size of the division. And you know we could with too much, of, too much of an open display here, then you could be at least a couple of goals behind. So, and that would certainly end our season as it is. If Gary Rowett can sustain interest going into mid-March, late March, and we're still sniffing, we're still chasing. Again, you've got to take your hat off to that, listeners. Just my view, my view. It's going to be a free kick on the on the right side to Sheffield United after that lecture. The thoughts of Chairman Hart. A little bit of. Pushing and shoving by the 29. Wasn't he involved earlier on? Is it the same player? He's pushing around um, with Malone. Now he wants to give him a kiss. 
price of two. Two wants the kissing. 29 wants the pushing. Gets a yellow card. That's twice now he's uh, got a petrol. As it is going to be a free kick for Sheffield. 40, coming to 43 minutes. On the right side. It's just short of being a, it's a more dangerous looking corner if you like. Chance for Sheffield to put the ball into the danger area. It's floated in. It's onto the roof of the net. No danger there, dear listeners, thankfully. Do phone in your thoughts. I'd love to get your thoughts on 0208 144 0232. You go straight through to an answer phone. I, I don't answer it. I don't have to talk to me unless you want to talk to me, in which case message me and we can sort out a call. I'd love to, to get people's views. It was great to talk to John, John Rankin, last week. Um, it's wonderful to get the voicemail messages after after a game, midweek, whenever you fancy it, you know, you to call in, um, it's just a uh, 0208 144 0232, it's a landline number with an answer phone attached to it. Well, it's been a quiet game overall for both sides really, I think um, one or two wayward shots from um, both sides one way or the other, but nothing hugely exciting to report, nil-nil at half-time. Um, we're back after these messages, dear listeners. Achtung, Mehlball. Both teams out for the second half, dear listeners. Lions will be attacking the Coldblow Lane end in the second half. Hopefully with a bit more attacking Vin, albeit carrying that injury now to, to Mason Bennett. We've got George Evans in midfield. Um, some comment online about the negativity of the decision. I think maybe that explains the booing. That we heard when Evans came in, which um, I can kind of understand if you're booing the decision, but of course the player coming in will hear it as you're booing him. And I, I, like I said a few times, I don't, um, I'm not the biggest fan of George Evans has ever been, but he don't deserve that. So um, anyway, negativity, negative Gary. Um, chance in the second half to get the, ga- the, the Rowett train rolling again. Is it going to be an express train? Is it going to be an all-station stopping to Darnford train via Woolwich Arsenal? We'll find out. Away we go. Ball into the box. Is Sheffield coming down on the left side. Inside the first net. Should go for a goal kick. Nasty work there by Sean Hutchinson, one of our standout players for the season, in my opinion. We'll be coming up to that time, player of the season time soon, won't we, listeners? Who are you going to vote for? Bashinson, Murray Wallace, Jed Wallace. All with a good shouts. I know uh, Jed had a bit of a spell out injured, which um, so far we have been lucky with, with uh, Sean Bashinson, we haven't had. Murray Wallace was, uh, was he not out for a brief period? but will always give you 100%. The epitome of the middle player, in my opinion. I think it may well be coming from one of those three. I, personally, personally, I'd go with Jed, because I think he deserves it, whatever you know, the end of season brings with, with Jed. His contribution is, is immense. 50 minutes on the stadium clock. So he can shoot. Training ground routine went wrong there. It does give the Lions a chance to break. Can we take advantage? Is Tyler Bury going down the left side now? 50 minutes. He's running into some space. He's going well. Oh, he's been body checked on the left side. He put it into the penalty area. It's going to be a free kick. 
yellow cards. There wasn't really a goal-scoring chance. It was nicely done, though. He was body-checked as he went to um, beat his man for pace there. So he's been winded. Can't afford to lose Tyler. Then we're coming down to Conor Mahoney. Absolutely. Dirty Northern bastard. Left-sided left free-kick in that case. Tyler trots away ruefully. Tyler off the pitch whilst he gets some more medical attention after that body check. It's going to be Jed Wallace to take. Will he take a shot? And he will. Low and hard. That's going to go for a corner. Left-sided corner. Tyler comes back into the throw. 51, 52 minutes. It's taken short to Jed. This is now chipped back into the middle. Uh, didn't go right over the top of everybody. Back to Danny Mack on the halfway line. Little run, he's going to have a go. Oh, it took a deflection, it's rolled loose across the goal. Wow. That's going to go for a right sided corner from George Evans. Both uh, shot from Danny Mack because it took a deflection. Goldberg palmed it. Uh, left was very tight angle. The ball was put back from the left side across the face of the six yard box. Eventually going for a right sided corner after George Evans did well there. Jed Wallace to take on the right. Sense of anticipation then is floated into the middle. It's headed clear. Physical body check there for Billy Mitchell. Will win it back. Jed Wallace on the right side there. He's got Jules Savile with him. Hutchinson didn't quite control it properly. It's going to be a, a right-sided throwing. Little spell of pressure for the Millwall. Took until 60 minutes. Going to be a, a Millwall danger free kick now on the right side. That's two or three yards short of the right side penalty area. It's uh, Jed Wallace standing over it. Flicked into the area, far post. 1 0 Millwall! Jake Cooper! Far post header! Millwall leading 1 0! 60 minutes! side across the rear, far post, met by the giraffe, that is Jake Cooper, headed in, with a plumb. Sean Hutchinson down in the, uh, amidst the celebrations, punching the floor in frustration, what's he done to himself? Ballard coming in. is walking away, limping away. The amount of injury um, is incredible at the moment. That's, that's the second uh, senior player to leave the game. Mason Bennett in the first half, now Sean Hutchins in the second half. So that's not too bad, we'll keep saying. He's been down for a couple of minutes, so this will, be, this will add more time at the end of the game. Manard comes in, it's his first uh, game from returning from injury, isn't it? That's an obscure joke going on there. Must be someone in the Sheffield. I can't see him where I'm standing. I'm sorry. 
Eminem, Slim with a Slim Shady stand up? I don't know. Not my scene, man. 67 minutes on the clock. Sheffield coming down our right side. Ball into the box of 10, hoofs it over the bar. Awkward kind of uh, backward volley there. Ball chipped down the right side channel. This is the 8 over on the right side of the penalty area, 72, coming in 73 minutes. Man overlapping, can they get across him? Lines have closed it down quite nicely. In comes the cross, it's across the face of the goal. The nine went up for the head and missed it completely. Well, still under a little bit of pressure on the uh, left side of our defence. Bravely in by Dan Ballard. Gives uh, Mill a chance to brace his Danny Mack now at 83 minutes. Crossing the halfway line, he's got Billy Mitchell overlapping. It's a lovely diagonal ball. Finds Scott Malone on the left side. What can he do? He's kind of run it into a, a tight angle. Ball into the box. Straight to two defenders, unfortunately. They do bring away. The railway train is rolling, listeners. Ball down the line. There he is! 1-0 Millwall! Really strong win. I mean, that was hard work. Um, decent side, full side coming into the game. That was a very, very Gary Rowett win, listeners. Um, not pretty. Ugly at times. Hard work, round out. Jake, uh, Jake Cooper's decisive goal in the uh, second half. Headed home with the far post to win it. Three points. The Rowett train is rolling. Messages, dear listeners. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Achtung, Mehlball. 
Yes, indeed, listeners. That is the sound of the railway train full, the full express on the way to Charing Cross, not stopping anywhere, boring in between. Joining me on the platform to get on it are my two co-passengers. First up, Mr. Graham Payne. Welcome to the show, Graham. Hi, Nick. I'm on the, and, I'm on um, the train with you. On the tr- we're on the railway train, the railway express, mate. Also, with his um, with his personal tickets in his hand, his vouchers from the personal packets. It's Mr. Neil Fisler. How are you, mate? Good evening, Nick. Yeah, well, I thought that I'd come on a Charlton podcast then for a minute, mate. I tell you, not the Millwall I know. <laughs> the pers- the personal reference would be one for younger listeners to ask their dads about. That, that, that's that's. I'm not going to get into that at the moment. Um, gentlemen, another win, four wins on the spin. The railway train, as we've said, is rolling. Um, today's game was not the prettiest, Graham, was it? It was um, a hard win, a hard grind, but we won it. And I think that's that's a very railway performance, I thought, today. How did you see it, mate? Yeah, you summed it up. It wasn't pretty. I, I thought it had nil-nil written all over it, really. And all it was going to be one goal. And fortunately, yeah. we got the goal. I mean, four wins out of the spin. You know, last time I was on here, it was after the Blackpool game. It was all doom and gloom. And, you know, where are we going? And now, now we're five points off the playoffs. So there at least, yeah. Neil, I mean, that is Millwall, isn't it? I mean, you know, to be in contention for something, you know, we, we, we the injury list we will come on to in a moment, um, but that's, that's piling up and that may be the undoing of us in the end. But, you know, to be to to be interested in the outcome of the season going into March, given where the club has been at, given some of the performances on occasions, is no mean achievement. I mean, it, it, I think you know managers take a lot of flack, don't they? And you should be as quick to praise when things go go their go you know their way, so to speak. Do you think, mate? Hands up! I think the last time I was on a, on a post match show was with H a few weeks ago. That's right. That's and, we were, and we were talking about does Gary Rowett have a future at the club? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but I think yeah, I think if you listen to some people, he probably still hasn't because they won't cut off the nose to spite their face, will they? But to be honest, you can't you can't argue with the last four four games, can you? Four games, four wins. Sheffield United at Offered absolutely zilch today, apart from a long throwing into the box, yeah. and that is what the whole game plan revolved around. Ours wasn't much better. Don't get me wrong. I think that we were. I think if we were going to score, it was going to come off the set piece, wasn't it? And uh, but it was a workmanlike performance. We rolled up our sleeves. The one bit of quality, yeah, there were a couple of bits of quality from us, but. I thought the header from Jake Cooper was absolutely superb, wasn't it? A towering header. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yelling um, in the old-fashioned old style. And reminded me of Kitchener at the far post, the way he put it away. It was, it was a power it header. It was, mate. It was. He just absolutely powered in there, got above his man. There was all kinds of shenanigans going on in there. There was pu- pushing and pulling and rugby tackles that wouldn't have looked out of place at Twickenham this afternoon. <laughs> But, yes, right. but, well, at the end of the day, it's a 1-0 win. So we'll take that all day long, won't we? A team that are in and around the playoffs with us. Yeah, you've got to look upon that as a positive thing, haven't you? Absolutely. I, 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 I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration. I mean, you've got to separate the perform... You've got to separate the entertainment value of today's, Graham. 
from the, um, yeah. the, the the weight of the result because I think that was a huge performance today and it wasn't pretty. You know, I don't, I'm not going to dress this up to make it out. It was going to there was something exhilarating to watch because it was a hard grind of a game. Um, but given our circumstances, I, I do put that amongst one of our best performances in a very long time. From the circumstances, do you do you agree with that, or is that overdoing it for you? Yes, I do. I do. I mean, there's been a lot of comment online, and I was I held my hands up when George Evans came on when Bennett went off. I thought, oh, what is he doing? But what it, when you analyse it, I thought he definitely wasn't fit. Um, he's been he's a 15 year old kid. Or yeah. Mahoney. He also doesn't trust Mahoney. So, you know, it was Evans or a 15-year-old kid in my eyes. And he went for Evans. And all right, it, it looked like a really negative move. It did. But it was all part of, you know, you can't knock him for part of the performance. Yeah, but to be honest, it looked like probably one of his worst substitutions yeah. ever. Well, that was the reaction, minutes, though, Neil. didn't it? That, yeah, that it was. That was the reaction, you know, the booing. Yeah, it uh, was. Uh, the thing you've got to look on, and I think we've touched upon it before, I'm going to keep on harping back to things we've touched on, but mm. he obviously doesn't trust Mahoney, doesn't want Mahoney no. there. Mahoney's only there to make up the numbers on the bench. Zach Lovell, yeah, well, he yeah. obviously thinks isn't ready, but in my view, he could have put him on and he could have given him an hour and he could have brought him off again. There's no, yeah, there's no reason to say why well, he couldn't have done that. And a phobie, quite plainly, obviously, isn't fit. But if he isn't fit, he shouldn't be on the bench, in my opinion. Because if you're on the bench, you're on the bench to do a job. But to be fair, hands up. I think the reaction of everybody, I think everybody was right at the time. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, but in true Millwall fashion, there's always going to be a pile on, isn't there? (laughs) <laughs> when, yeah, when your view doesn't quite work out but I still maintain it was the right thing to say at the time it looked like an awful substitution but at the end of the day it was a ballsy substitution and one that paid off handsomely I, I, I think you're right Neil um, I, I, I don't like booing Millwall players coming in and on the pitch I, I, I can't I can't get that, and um, you know, people people have their own opinions, and I, I I get I get the the sense of negativity that the arrival of George Evans brings because he's not going to be um, he's not going to get you out of your seat. But as 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 you're right, Graham. I mean, you've got 15 year old kids, or you've got players that are returning from um, you know injury, and maybe on what was that? It was about 15 minutes into the game, I think, wasn't it? Maybe 20 minutes, but yeah. you've still got the bulk of the game to go. Um, options are, were severely limited, so I, I, I don't like I, I don't like negativity, of course. And we, you know, after the last few performances where we've seen some really good attacking showings, um, you know, to to lose one of our main parts of those those good performances recently. And then bring in George Evans. Um, I didn't think he did that badly, in fairness to him. Um, I think it's just a shame that people boo Mill players coming into a game, but there we are. Um, I think I think you're right, Neil. It's, it's, it? it's the Millwall way. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a courageous decision, because, I mean, clearly, um, for whatever reason, Graham, Conor Mahoney is not seen as a player that you turn to in, in, a, in a tight situation. And George Evans... Like him or not, is is a player that will give you a percentage performance, and I think that's what the manager went for there. I honestly thought he was going to bring Lovelace on because 
As soon as Bennett went down, Lovelace started warming up. And I thought, oh, he must be bringing him on. And then suddenly, Evans came from out of the dugout. I don't think he warmed up, stripped and went straight on. But, yeah, I mean, that's the first time I've seen Lovelace. And for a 15-year-old, he's well-built, isn't he? You know. He's a, he's a well built. I, I think an, a little bit like Bury, who's coming into his own game by game. But I, th- I think um, I think you have to be realistic, listeners, in that they these are still kids, aren't they? I mean, Bury's learning his trade. He can look a little bit light on the ball at times, which is something that Mason Bennett doesn't. He looks a physically hard player. Um, and I suppose if you're going to pitch um, Zach Lovelace into a game. Against the form side, Neil. I mean, Sheffield United came into this into this um, game um, undefeated in six, or was it no ten? Sorry, ten games on, on you know without a defeat. So this is a this is a strong opponent. I know you you got to learn your job, but um... this was a team actually packed full of players that have played in the Premier League. Yeah, um, and and that knew their way around a bit. Uh, I think they're the guy up front. They probably cost more than our entire side. Yeah. Probably even more than our entire squad on the day in yeah. Ollie McBurney. But I go back that if that if Zach Lovelace is on the bench, he should have the confidence to bring him on, even if it is after 15, 20 minutes of a game. Because what have you got to lose? You can always bring him off again. It doesn't necessarily mean you've got to leave him on for the remaining 75 minutes of the game. But, but it was a but it was a gutsy decision and one that paid off. So, but let's not dwell too much upon that, no, really. No, no, because, you're right. Because we have actually won a game of football. We're unbeaten in four. I thought the playoffs was a dream about a month ago, and I think I told you at the start <laughs> that we needed a bit of a reality check. Maybe oh. I need a bit of a reality check. Because if we carry on the way we're going, we're steaming, aren't we? We're absolutely flying. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean... Graham, I mean, you know, I think last time you and me spoke, it was it was Blackpool. I think you said, wasn't it? Which was Blackpool, yeah. a, a miserable, a miserable game. And if you'd have said, if you'd have said to me, then you know, playoffs. I, I wonder what you're drinking over there. You know, um, get a, get a, a drop or two of it myself because it seemed a very far way, you know, off in the distance. But but there it is, a few wins. Um, I think I said that you know, unless we're going to go on a, a ten-game unbeaten, you know, stream, which you know we're four games into it now, so you know anything becomes possible. We're, we're now five points away from Luton in sixth spot. We've beaten a form side, which, as Neil says correctly, is packed with expensive talent, which we don't have the the resources for. Um, some tough fixtures lying ahead for us. I mean, uh, you know. Reading next week won't be um, won't be a walkover. We've got to go there and get a result. But I just think it's injuries that might be our undoing. I, just, I mean, we saw um, Bennett, Bennett leave us, and we saw Hutchinson today, ground, didn't we? Um, that might be I the, the Bennett, thing that undoes us. Bennett's looked like a side strain or something to me because he was just in front of me. And uh, you looked like yeah, a hip injury yeah. on TV. Yeah, yeah, it was a hip injury yeah. on TV, definitely. Which is He's a blow. Be out for a while. Ballard came in late and I thought did a good job. Um, I wondered whether he might look a little rusty coming back after injury, but he, he, he came in and, you know, um, imposed himself. Uh, the goal, Neil, I mean, was, we've said already, was a classic um, far post header, but it came at just the right moment because the game was in the balance. I think that, um, you know, um, it was, it was a tough, these were tough opponents, but the goal when it came just felt like a decisive one somehow. It was one of those games where one goal really was going to be enough because 
I can't think offhand, and correct me, boys, if if I'm wrong. I can't think of a. Um, there was one save. I think Bart Bar batted a, a, a long distance shot over the bar. I think in the. I yeah, think that was in the yeah, second yeah. half. Yeah, it was in the second half. It was from the guy with the long throw, wasn't it? He yeah, but he missed it. He went across it. Yeah, and somehow, and somehow, it went right down Bart's throat. Thankfully. But yeah. you're right. It was one of those games when your mum's calling you in for tea. It's just <laughs> getting dark. You're in the park, and the cry goes up. Next goal's the winner, even though it's about thirty <laughs> goals to two or something. Like I've played that. it that game. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was one of those classic. The next goal is the winner because because you just didn't think we were going to create another chance, not with not having a forward on the pitch. No. And to be honest, they didn't really look like like breaking us down, did they? They they had plenty of possession in 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 and around the box, but they did very little with it. They were pretty disappointing, I think. I thought so. I, I mean for for a team that came in highly rated, um I thought that they didn't really create anything in front of goal, but the long range shot and had a, I think there was a ball that went across our six yard box at one point. I could be wrong. Um, I think I'm lucky at the start of the second half, actually. I think, didn't George Evans get onto a ball that looked like it was going out of play and he played it across the face of the six yard box and there was nobody to tuck it in? Yeah. I think it was Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Was there all throws in the first half? They were the most dangerous. I love it. Bart was batting them away. I love a well-flighted long throw. It's just one of those things. I've always loved it ever since the 1970s. I just enjoy it. And that, unfortunately, it was on the other side today. But I do like to see a decent long throw in that way. Thankfully, Raider in Syria, wasn't it? And the havoc that he caused in in that debut game against Leicester where he just slung it into the box and nobody had a bloody clue where it was going. And it went into... I think somebody, yeah, but Dennis Wise knock it into the back of the net or somebody like that, and we won one nil. I think we won it. But yeah, a real yeah. throwback. It was they were they were absolutely like missiles, weren't they? Yeah, well, Vladimir Putin will be getting him over to the Ukraine border, <laughs> won't he? Because it's going a bit tits up over there, so we might as well get that guy to spling a few in. And the artillery, yeah, which we, we that's a different podcast. We, I mean, thankfully, no midweek, Graham, uh, no midweek game this week till Reading, so that gives us a few days respite to try and get some of our walking wounded. Let's, I'd imagine that, um, a phobia, if he's on the bench today, you think he must start next week in the absence, I'm going to guess, of, of uh. Mason Bennett. We'll see what the medical report is, and that the Millwall medical report must be like um, going into volumes there, mustn't it? Each Monday morning, you know the uh, the casualty list gets longer and longer. Yeah, you um, have to expect Witty and Valance to come up, don't you? And <laughs> next a podium at a press conference. Next slide, please. <laughs> this, this is a picture of Mason Bennett's hip. Um, but then we've got some tough opponents after that, and we've got the rescheduled Blackburn game, um, yeah. oh, which is next next Tuesday. Um, Middlesbrough, um, Huddersfield, I'm seeing, and then a, a away trip at Stoke. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, Graham. I think it's it's difficult to call this season. I think you just you got to take it game by game. Really, I I, I can't see any. Um, you know, we we are on the roller coaster ride, aren't we? We could come off at any any point, but it's been yeah. it's been strangely enjoyable these past few I weeks, think, which I think we've all craved for a long while. 
Oh, we have, haven't we? You know, there's been so much uh, negativity this season with, you know, um, with the way Rowett sets us up and how we're playing. But the last four games, you know, it seems everyone's come together. The team, the side have come together. And yeah. I think if you take Fulham out of it and possibly Bournemouth, everything else is a massive muchness. And I think we can beat anyone, to be honest, in the league, apart from maybe Fulham and well, even Bournemouth, we gave them a game. So I don't think it's a very strong championship this year. So let, let the train carry on rolling as far as I'm concerned. So. Absolutely. All we need is a full complement of... Um, and it, yeah, we need 11 exactly. players to start, Neil, don't we, really? That's about all we need at the moment. It's about all we, we get each game. There has been a lot of criticism about the formation, but I think this is his best set of players that's available at the moment. Yeah. So he has to play them. There's no other yeah, there's no other bones about it. He can't play, say, he can't go to a flat back four and say play Murray Wallace at left back and move Scott Malone into midfield because he just can't play in midfield, can he? So with all of the injury problems that are knocking around, this is actually probably the only side that we can put out and the only formation that we can put out. And I would have thought that depending upon how training goes next week, <laughs> you know, it depends on who we can put out because if a phobie's coming back from a hamstring injury, you yeah. can't afford to rush him back, can you? Not now yeah. because if he because if he was to say break down next week, then that leaves us with only Zach Lovelace as the only striker in the entire club that's probably fit. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, the choices make themselves at a certain point, don't they? Um, it's going to be an interesting week ahead. Um, just on a total, total tangent, just to totally change the subject, and not on the as um, Graham and I were speaking just pre call, there's a, um, a pop up appeared on my iPad here saying that uh, Roman Abramovich has handed over um, Chelsea's uh, the care, was it? I, I can't, the care and stewardship of the club to a, the Chelsea charitable trust or something i suppose because he's going to be frozen out of um uh financial dealings in this country now um yep. it's yeah but that's them fuck man yeah we're going to be going to be going to chelsea in two seasons aren't they the metropolitan police are already quaking in their boots aren't they well i, I don't know about you graham I, I, i've missed chelsea <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> So um yeah, so anyway, we'll see on that. That was that's just it just popped up. Well, I've done no analysis of that whatsoever, listeners, but it just occurred to me it's been a long while since we've gone to Stanford Bridge, and I think it's high time with a, with their, with them in reduced circumstances, hopefully, and we can um go there for an enjoyable day out. Um, gentlemen, I want to say thank you on your Saturday nights, respectively, Graham and Neil, for joining me for this brief post-match. Review of the, uh, of the round. Thing? Yes, mate, go for it. Can I just say how good it was to see Sheffield United joining in Jimmy's Day in those uh, red yes, Jimmy's Day t shirts today? Yes, they did. Yeah. I think that's a cause yeah. that's pretty close to every Millwall fan's heart because Margaret and Barry Mizzen, they're an absolute inspiration to us all as parents, or for those of us that are parents, and the work that they put in to trying to make this world a better place. Yeah, is an absolute credit to the kind of people that they were, and we do support our own. Yeah, we do. And, um, and yeah. I just thought it was an absolute fantastic thing to see Sheffield United in their red Jimmy's Day shirts, and as in, and as in our blue 
Jimmy's Day shirts. And the club, I think, did an amazing job on the programme from what I've seen. So hats off to them. No, it's um, great to see that, that it's actually carried on for the last five or six years or whatever it is now. No, I mean, well said. In fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because I well have actually... Um, I got the I got to the ground quite late today. The the uh, traffic was a mess. I actually missed. I think it was Barry was Barry Mizen was speaking as as I walked in through the um, turnstile. So I kind of missed the the event, if you like, um, and I missed the warm up. So um, and it escaped my attention. Unfortunately, once you get into the game, you, you, your mind turns yeah. to the football. So um, no, thank you for that. No, I, I agree. Um, I've had the privilege of speaking to to Barry, and he's a very um, well. They're both they're both deep thinking people, and it's, it's, you feel quite um, what's the word humble speaking to him. I mean, you know the, the, the loss that they've suffered, and to to come back from that with such a um, well, they'll be quite open though. I mean, they, they base it on their Christian faith, and I think that you know I, I can only I find it quite awesome in the true sense of the word when uh, you meet people that respond to tragedy in that way so um well done Sheffield United well done Millwall FC well done everyone that, that um, contributed to the for Jimmy appeal and uh yeah long may it continue as, as you as you so well said so well there Neil um big thank you to you both boys thank you for uh taking time out tonight and um we'll try and get the show out for tomorrow I think so um thank you Graham enjoy your evening cheers Nick I will. And enjoy, thank you. enjoy, enjoy a tipple or two, Mr. Fisler. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much indeed. And I'll speak to you later on next week for our next fixture show. Our next fit history. It comes around very quickly, mate. So um, I'll be speaking to Neil in a week with our March history fixture show. So until then, dear listeners, Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a tip for the interview. Arriva Dirty Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.